from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I am the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have the dream team, Michelle and Dion, who are running the ship and are going to get the pre-break quiz today. I'm confident. I'm confident. So, but hold on for that because today we've got a great show. So I'm going to give you the number because I know you're going to want to call 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So today we are going to be talking all about the job search for college students. So if you are a college student thinking about what am I going to do once May comes around? Or maybe you're a parent and you're thinking, what are they going to do once May comes around? You're going to want to stay tuned for this show because we're going to talk about all the secrets and insider tips about how to find a great job. And should you find a job in your major? What if you can't? What if you've not had an opportunity to do an internship and you're going in without experience? Or maybe you're thinking, well, better to go to graduate school than get a job because I can't find anything all of those questions we're going to answer on today's show. And to help us with that, we welcome back Terry Ween. Terry is co-founder of Wheel & Ween and Job Trucks, which are two companies providing career advisory for job seekers from students to senior level professionals. Wheel & Ween is a global firm that has advised over 3,000 job seekers providing one-on-one career coaching to individual job seekers and job trucks is a platform for career exploration, job search, and networking. Welcome back to Career Talk, Terry. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Dawn. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're so excited to have you back. And this topic is right up your alley, isn't it? It is for many reasons. And it is becoming more and more the hot topic in job search is focused on college students. Yep. And we're right in that time. We're getting to April. I mean, the clock is ticking. And I bet there's a lot of people listening right now who are thinking, oh my gosh, where did this year go? I can't believe April is about a week away and I need to get a job. So hey, if you're listening, if it's noon Eastern time on Thursday, we are live taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we are talking all about the job search for college students. So if you are getting ready to graduate, or maybe you're getting ready to graduate from a graduate program and you're looking for a job in your new field, or maybe you're a parent of a student who's about to graduate and want to get some insider tips for them, you can give us a call all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Terry Ween, who is the co-founder of Job Tracks, and we are taking your calls throughout the hour, or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So, okay. So you have an interesting background, Terry. So you went from um, Wall Street to career coaching. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I started my career on Wall Street, classic banking job. I loved what I did, switched into sales and trading. But about 10 years ago, I decided to start a firm with one of my best friends from college. And by the way, as we're talking about college students, we want to remember your college network is one of the best networks you'll ever have. So my business partner, Susan, is a friend from college. We started a career coaching business because we loved the recruiting and talent management side of banking. And our business has now grown. We are coaches nationally, and we work with job seekers who are looking to either start a job, relaunch a career, switch careers, um, um, get promoted within their careers, anything to do with job search. So you bring up a good point because you're you're a career switcher, and that's one of my favorite topics because a lot of people, um, mid-career professionals, go back to school for a couple of years to, to make a shift. So if you're listening and you're one of those switchers and you're thinking, okay, now I've gotten this degree in my new field, but I need to go through the job search now, we want to hear from you as well. 844-WHARTON, that's 844 Seven eight six six. So, um, let's go ahead and and just dive right into this, Terry. So, um, one of the things that and when we were kind of prepping for the show, you were talking about college students have a lot of pet peeves about the job search. What what are those? 
Well, you're absolutely right. I think one of the first pet peeves is their parents. I mean, they love their parents, but they don't want to hear nagging from their parents. What are you doing this summer? Did you get a summer internship? What are you doing when you graduate? And we understand both sides. I mean, on one hand, a college student is now uh, supposed to be an adult and in charge of their careers. On the other hand, many of them are still on the payroll of their parents, and and it's in the parents' best interest to get them off the payroll. Um, So... We, are, we bring into the process sort of a mediating role to manage the parents, help the parents, help the students, but at the same time teach a college student, this is your career, this is your job search, so how do you take ownership of it? So, Terry, for the parents who are listening right now thinking, am, am I one of those, those potential <laughs> nags? Um, what, what can, I mean, obviously it's all in the spirit of love and wanting your, your child to be successful. But, I mean, how, is there a different way a parent can have these conversations that it doesn't feel like nails on a chalkboard to their, their graduating student? Absolutely. And full disclosure, I'm a parent of a college student, too. So I wear many hats and I see it from many different directions. Um, I think that the best thing the parents can do is provide resources for their students, point them in the right direction, and then step back and let them take ownership of it. So, for example, college career offices around the country are the first stop for great resources. So if a parent just says to their, their child, have you called career services? Have you made an appointment? Have you shown your resume to somebody in the office? It's a way to guide them, and then they can step back. Because students hear advice very differently from an outside expert. So, okay, so those were a lot of questions, though. I mean, if somebody fired, (laughs) have you you done these 10 things? So maybe one at a time. (laughs) Have you you done career services? (laughs) And then maybe, yeah, moving into, so how were they helpful or not helpful? And I do want to talk about that to you, Terry, because um, I work at a – a career center, if you will, at a university. And I think one of the things that that I think I don't know if this was on your list of pet peeves, but I feel like I've heard this, that that there's just the resources are too limited for what the students want. So the students are feeling like either they can't get an appointment with career services or they they don't have jobs or their expectations are off. I mean, is that one of the things you're hearing as well? Um, yes and no. There are some terrific career offices out there. And, and I think your point is some of them have limited budgets and limited manpower to help. Yes, we do see that. But it should be one of the first places you stop. I emphasize one of them because that's not the only place. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's part one. The next part, two, three, four, is start looking at job boards. There are so many terrific resources out there where if you go online, you can find job postings for summer internships and for full-time jobs. So if you combine what you're getting on campus with what you're finding by yourself online, you will already start a list of companies that you can target and live job posting. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag on to that and pull some things out because I think what you're saying is really important. Um, so I believe career services at most universities and, and colleges is really about prepping you with the tools. And one of the things I'll say, even as an undergrad years and years ago, I mean, I didn't re- realize what it was. I didn't know what they did. Um, and, you know, I had no idea I could go there and get my resume overhauled. At the time, LinkedIn wasn't a thing. Um, but now you can get your LinkedIn overhauled. So, I mean, just taking advantage of these free resources and making an appointment and doing mock interviews, I mean, so helpful. And I don't think um, as many resources out there are, are about placement as much. So I think that's what you're saying is that, you know, get your resources in order and then then uh, weave in, if you will, other types of resources. It can't be your one-stop shop. Everything's not going to happen there, but it's a great, great place to start. And most colleges or universities now have multiple career centers for different specialties. So um, I will be honest, I didn't even know about that when I was an undergrad. So I think that's the step one is start researching. What do you have available to you right now today free right there on campus. And hey, if you've got a question, give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, and we're going to go to John in Florida. John, welcome. How can we help you today? Well, good afternoon. Okay, a couple of things. Um, I am not a student. Well, I'm, I'm a student of life. But, um, <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't the, we all? Uh, I, am, I am in a transition situation because I just got, I got fired a couple of months ago, and I am... Um, starting a I'm, I'm basically starting over at 60 so I, I don't want to stay in the um, I w- I've got a 
you know, it, I, I was in a very, very, very niche market, and and it was a, it was not a great, um, a great departure. Let me put it that way. Okay. But but because you're talking to college students, I've got a great little story. Um, I grew up, well, I grew up with a uh, a family in that I went to church with. The guy went. The guys uh, went to. Um, Florida Atlantic University, which is basically sort of in, in the 70s, this was the um, sort of the uh, upper classman equivalent of a junior college. So it was the senior, it was like um, uh, junior and, and, and senior year of a junior college. Okay. Now, the thing that he started out as a, he, he, went, he, he got a police degree. He, he um, or a law enforcement degree. His first job was as a security guard with IBM in Boca Raton when they and they were still back then. They were still very, very. I mean, I, 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 they were very strong. Well, he went from being a security guard to being a computer security person. Is uh, and he basically. So his name is Maynard Webb. He went from being a law enforcement guy to being I, I he he was the he was number three man at eBay. Wow! So and so then, so multiple career switches, and then bam! Now he's like number three at eBay. So so I mean, the, what I like about this story, John, is the it's anything's possible, um, and going from you know. Here's what I'm going to take from this for for our topic today, Terry. And uh, I think this is an important thing because most people don't actually go on to get jobs in their major. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that, that they're like, well, I just spent four years studying art history or just spent four years getting a major in English. And, and, you know, what can I do with that? And I think that anything's possible. I mean, Terry, are you seeing this, that students are struggling to get jobs in their major and they can't, and that's a that's a pet peeve. Yes, I, I'm not seeing it as a pet peeve. I like to look at it as a different way to look at what you're learning in your skill set. And what John pointed out, his anecdote is a perfect example. Is you may have a major, you may have one job, but develop a specific skill set that can morph you into your next job. In this case, was law enforcement, learn computer skills, turning it into security online. Okay. In the case of a college student, you may be a history major, and so you are learning history, but at the same time, you're learning how to write, you're learning how to analyze, so you may take that and go work in digital media using your writing skills. And I think one of the things that I liked about John's story was that you have to kind of change with the market. I mean, the market is constantly changing, so something that um, you know, maybe security morphed into IT security because everything's going technical. And then, you know, there's certain jobs that are, are going to be automated. There's certain jobs that are going to morph where you need. I mean, basically in any job nowadays, you need to be pretty savvy with technology. So I like the way you're you're talking about that, Terry, in terms of like continue to build your skills so that you can morph into the next career. So, um, John, yeah. I know you had a quick question. So um, what is your question about changing careers? Well, I, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm and one of the things I know right now, I'm at a point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I really love sales and I, I've done a lot of, you know, I've done a lot of reading, but I don't have a lot of experience. So, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've started to, you know, it, it, it's, it's, um, you know, I mean, I'm basically, I'm just going, I'm, I'm doing what you guys are talking about. I'm networking and I'm, I'm, I've got some ideas and I'm, I'm even, you know, I'm even open to creating my own job. I mean, I've been talking to somebody over the last uh, couple of days and, you know, he's saying, you know, I'm bringing him, basically I'm bringing him leads and then I'm saying, okay. And he says, well, well, you know, what, what do you want from me or what can I, what can I do? And I said, well, if you, I'll, it, I, I realized I sort of woke up in a, last night and I said, Hey, Maybe maybe I can sell them to him. I don't know if I don't know if he'll be open to it, but you know I will. You know because he's got a he's got a little um, 
I know there's uh, uh, you know some things like that. So, so one of the things know, I, I want to um, pull from that, John, is, I mean, this is super important, one thing you said, and I want to make sure that listeners um, get this, this uh, idea of kind of starting your own thing. We had a show a couple of weeks ago on the gig economy, and the gig economy is essentially taking shorter-term contract roles or maybe um, even doing a couple different roles. I mean, one of the most popular things is, is Uber and those types of uh, roles out there, but I think... Um, where you are, you're, you mentioned you're 60 and you're starting over. You have a wealth and a lifetime of experience. And I think what's going to be great for you right now is exactly what you said, taking that piece that you love to do, which is sales, and creating something where you create your own gig economy. Because a couple of things. One, I think you're going to be happier if you're doing something that you love to do. Two, I think, you know, in today's day and age, it may be difficult to find something that's that is satisfying for you, that's that's structured, because you do have this experience going in. It sounds like you really like the autonomy and those types of things. So I love the direction you're going. And I would I would advise anybody this who is who has got a lot of experience that this is something you want to explore. Yes, it's a little risky. There's not as much structure, but I think embracing that as the benefits of it is is um, one way to kind of flip it and look at it in the positive. So I think you've got a lot of potential there, John. You sound like a very social, personable individual. So good luck to you. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. And we would love to take your questions. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Mary in Nebraska. Mary, you may be our first caller from Nebraska. I did. It's such a long call, isn't it? <laughs> um, see, I I have a bit of a, a different situation, but I, I think it, it ties in here. Sure. I've been an independent consultant for the last oh, 12 years. I left the um, golf industry, started having children, and decided to work from home. Um, one of the clients that I had been working with has basically poached me and offered me a full-time position, which is great. I can still work from home. Nice. I just need to go to their main offices once a month for a few days. So this is basically all virtual. I have yet to physically meet in person any of the people that I'm working with. Um, Documents are signed. Agreements are signed. Everything is, is done, and I've been working the job for a few weeks. So I'm I'm 56, and I think the oldest person at the company might be 50, and that's the president of the company. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit nervous. Um, obviously, the human resource gentleman who took the information, you know, would know my date of birth, but obviously that's confidential unless somebody needs to know it. So, um, I mean, I'm a young-looking 56. I'm not... Um, I don't know, terribly out of shape or anything like that. And I'm a go-getter, but I'm just a little bit nervous about walking into this uh, company. It's, um, it started up about eight years ago. It's very successful. It's medical device manufacturing research. Okay. They work with the top medical device manufacturers in the world. So I'm, I, the nervous part is that you haven't met anybody and you're nervous about that part or you're nervous about walking in and having them say wow, you're 56. That's not what we envisioned. That's the part. That's the part. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I had your, your specific question. So when are you going to meet these individuals in person? Next week. Next week. And you you haven't had any Skype or any type of, um, we, we've, um, we've done very brief Skype. Okay. So here's the thing I would imagine. And you have a LinkedIn profile. Uh, it's, it's, being fixed right now, yes. I would imagine that at some point in time, if they've done their due diligence, they're they're aware that they've made you an offer. They're they're kind of aware of all of those specifics, so I don't think it's going to be all that shocking to walk in. And obviously, it has nothing to do with your ability to do the job. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm curious, and Terry, I want to get your opinion on this too. But I'm curious if there's something specific. As that someone has said, or or something that has come up that has made you nervous about it. The only comment that was made was um, by the president 
president of the company, and he was not being derogatory by any means. But he said, we were talking about, you know, the excitement of my coming out next month. And, uh, you know, I've completed three projects before, you know, deadline, under budget. I know what I'm doing. And he said, you're going to meet, you know, a gamut of people from from young, he said, to the very old me who's only 50. Okay, so um, I'm I'm <laughs> yeah yeah. So fifth, I, I'm here's my thing, Mary. Um, I, I'm gonna say he's more worried about you and what you're gonna think than what the team is going to think. Like I'm hearing him say, like we want to make sure you're comfortable. But Terry, what are your thoughts on this? So Mary, first of all, congratulations for what you did. It's very exciting, and I love hearing stories like this. Um, I understand why you're nervous, and now I want you to take the nervousness and throw it out the window. Because just as Dawn said, they're probably worried about making you happy, but more importantly, they're going to take their cue from you. And if you walk in there with confidence and excitement, so great to meet you, let's get going, nobody's going to focus on age. If you're still nervous, one thing you may want to do to to sort of break the ice is there's someone in the office that you feel like you've developed a rapport with, whether it's a young person or an older person, that you can just call ahead of time and say, I'm excited to come. Any words of wisdom? You know, it could be anything from does your office dress down to, you know, where, where do you like to go for lunch? Anything. So you're letting him know that you're welcoming feedback on how you should you know, what should happen the first day. I think that's great advice. Um, so, Mary, is there somebody you've connected with? Oh, all of them. Ah, it's, well, it's, a, it's a wonderful, uh, natural progression. It was, it's, it's fantastic. Then I, I 100% agree with Terry. You know, wear, wear something that makes you feel great. Go in there. If you find out they, they love donuts, bring a box of donuts, and they will take it, their cue from you, Mary. You are um, okay. <laughs> you sound like you have an awesome opportunity here. I imagine they're more worried that, that you're going to be the one that's, a, that's, you know, they're trying to impress. So, um, yeah, have at it. It sounds like an awesome opportunity. Congratulations. And We wish you all the best. Have a great first day meeting everybody. That's going to be exciting. Hey, if you're listening and you've got a question on the job search, resumes, maybe you're switching careers and... you have no idea how to get in the door or you are a college student or the parent of a college student and you are thinking, holy cow, I have about six weeks to get a job. I need to get on it, but I have not done anything. You are tuned in on the right day because we have Terry Ween here who is an expert at all things job search, especially with college students. So give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also so tweet at Dr. Don Graham. If you'd like more weekly advice, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. So, Terry, we're talking about pet peeves. So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, parents and how they can interact mm-hmm. with, with their college-age students. Um, what are some other ones? Sure. So another pet peeve we hear all the time, college students and more experienced professionals, is they're very uncomfortable cold call networking. So they might find a job, and they may realize that I can apply for this job, but I should probably do a little networking on the side, but I don't know anybody at at this company. As career experts, we say, go find somebody. Look on LinkedIn, look on your school, your college's alumni directory. But that makes people uncomfortable. That's a pet peeve. They find a name, and they feel really awkward reaching out to someone they don't know. Mm I think, yeah, I think that's all ages. (laughs) I think all ages. That's definitely not limited to to college students. Uh, But I think it's something that feels particularly uncomfortable when you're in the cocoon of a campus and you have to reach outside of the campus to the working world. And the way we answer that or address that pet peeve is, first of all, get all your ducks in order, all your marketing documents, your resume, write yourself a great email that's going to be an intro and then just connect to somebody with and know exactly what you're asking them for so you're a college student you find a job posting at a company you find an alum who works there send a very quick email introducing yourself asking for to set up a quick phone call or asking for an introduction to someone in hr at that company mm-hmm. yeah and once you get once you you literally break the ice of, of doing it the first time you realize this is actually very productive. 
So would you recommend actually calling or or LinkedIn email or trying to find a personal email? What is what is the best strategy, Terry? I, I think not calling at all. That feels intrusive these days. And <laughs> no, is that you, crazy? Is <laughs> Remember crazy. when you could actually pick up the phone and call somebody and it, I know, it wasn't and, rude? Uh, and now it's like, what? You're calling me? Without an appointment? I know. Don't, don't um, be calling me. And definitely don't leave me a voicemail. That's just a burden. Right. <laughs> uh, but I do think use LinkedIn to do your get your background homework. Find the person on LinkedIn. Read about the person then find their professional email. It's not that hard to do. If mm-hmm. you just do, if you Google John Smith at XYZ Company email, chances are you can find it that way. So I would do your research on LinkedIn, find the email, and then email the person directly. Yeah, and you're right. Nowadays, it is, I mean, you have to like barely look to find personal information in terms of contact, whether it's LinkedIn or um, you know other social media. I mean, it's pretty easy to find if you do a little bit of digging. So we are going to go to Teresa in New York. Teresa, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Thank you, Thank you so much. I'm glad I just found you on the dial. Oh, us too. How can we help you, Teresa? Yes, my question is, my husband is 65. He left a very successful job at a large bank, very successful position. So he left a couple years ago, and he's been doing small business consulting for development software and stuff like that. But what is the market? He, you know, sends his resume out to, you know, in that big black hole or talks to people or job, you know, finding jobs. What is the view from a corporate side of a 65-year-old looking for, you know, even a a one-year contract, not even to be a permanent hire, but even, you know, just a one-year due project management type of thing? Yeah. So um, here's what I would say. It's great. um, What's your husband's name? John. John. It's great that John has a, uh, I'm sure it's a great resume and it needs to be a great resume and hopefully he has a great online profile. But here's the thing. Um, I would say uh, with his number of years of experience and even if he's looking for a one-year project or those types of things, I think he's going to be better off getting those jobs through his network because here's the thing. He brings a lot of great skills, no doubt. It sounds like he's already consulting with a lot of small businesses. So to send a resume to a corporate role, chances are a couple of things. Um, One, I mean, it's unfortunate, but there is age discrimination. People are going to say, well, you know, why should we bring him on? and train him, even if he's going to be great for a year. Um, It's just the standard process is probably not going to work as well for John. And what I would say is keep doing the gig thing that he's doing which is probably going to be very lucrative if he reaches out and has the right context because everybody's going to want his knowledge and experience and the fact that he's a contract worker, whether it's a three-month contract, six months, one year, or you know, part-time, ongoing, whatever it is, he is going to be able to probably plug a lot of holes for a lot of companies who are looking for his level of expertise but who are not either able to financially or wanting to bring somebody on for a long term role. Terry, what are your thoughts? I agree, Don, and I would take it a step further. He, John should tap into his network and at the same time communicate how his skill set will help them solve their problem or fill their missing gap. So, for example, if he sees a job posting that feels like a corporate role, he looks at the job description, it describes three things they're looking for. He has that skill set. I would find a connection at that company, email them directly, say, I noticed, I noticed a job posting for this position. Um, as you may know, if in my, the past 10 years, I've done XYZ for ABC company. I'd love to help you work on this project. Yeah, um, Teresa, I think he's going to get a lot of options. If he, I mean, yes, great to have a resume. Also, just as a general tip out there, really not necessary to put more than 15 to 20 years on your LinkedIn or your resume because you're basically just advertising, um, you know, that the, if age discrimination is out there, they're going to pick up on that. So no reason to go back that far. But uh, Teresa, I think he's going to have a lot of great opportunities through his network and he's going to be able to even turn jobs down and pick the ones he wants. So thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, Teresa. 
We appreciate all of your calls because here's the thing. You're helping lots of other listeners by asking your questions. So if you have a question, either on the college job search, how to get an internship, or maybe you are switching careers and you want to figure out how to get an adult internship, to do that, you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk, and we're here with Terry Ween of Job Treks, and we are going to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, so we know every employer wants high-performing employees. That's not that's not a secret. Millions of dollars are spent each year trying to improve the engagement and productivity of workers. Yet, with all the efforts to improve office environments, a new study shows one particular group of employees enjoy more sleep, eat healthier, and get more physical exercise. What do they all have in common? Think you know? 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So with all the efforts to improve office environments, a new study shows that one particular group of employees enjoys more sleep, eats healthier, and gets more physical exercise. What does this group have in common? You're listening to Career Talk. or on Sirius XM channel 111 and we'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Terry Ween of Job Treks and Will and Ween, who is sharing all of her insider knowledge on how to get a job as a graduating college student or an internship, or maybe you've gone back to school and you're looking to switch careers and you want our insight. We are here all hour if it's noon on Thursday. We are live, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So we're going to dive right into calls again with Courtney in Florida. Courtney, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks um, for calling. I have just kind of an interesting question. I am a 20-something lifelong entrepreneur and kind of see myself as living that path forever um because i absolutely love it but i kind of have this question of you know unfortunately like being a a woman right now god forbid my business is growing everything's wonderful but god forbid if anything went wrong i'm lucky enough to have um support you know from my spouse Mm -hmm. so what i'm wondering is if in worst case scenario i ever had to re-enter the corporate world which sounds like my personal nightmare but (laughs) Sorry. Um, do, you, do you think that corporations look on those of us who have kind of worn multiple hats and done it all, but in our own entrepreneurial way, in the same way? Or am I going to end up having to take like a, an entry level job somewhere at 45 if I get a divorce? God forbid. Wow. Wow. You've really, really thought through your, like, your future like op- options and paths and what if. So, Okay. But that's good because a lot of people don't, Courtney. So first off, I'm going to say congratulations on loving entrepreneurship because here's the thing that's pretty cool about that. Being an entrepreneur means that you are resourceful just by nature. You have to figure things out. You're going to come across things all the time that you don't know how to do. You're going to have to find resources, whether that's people or other ways to learn how to get things done. You're going to be in situations where the rug's pulled out under you from under you and you have to figure it out because you're the business owner. You are going to um, have to meet a lot of people because you're you're you know working in all different fields with all different hats with accountants and lawyers and all different things. So you're going to have a strong network. So the in my opinion, the the definition of being an entrepreneur means you will have all the skills that you need to land a job should your greatest nightmare come true and you have to go into corporate now. 
you may here's the thing i i don't think that you'll have to do that you sound like somebody who's made your decision you sound like somebody who's really focused on what you want to do but you don't know maybe at some point that path when you're 45 might sound appealing to you for different reasons because hey life changes things change families other things so you may decide that that's what you want to do now i'm going to flip that because i will say this right now um corporations may not know what to do with you. So it's going to be important that you are very tight with your response about why you want to make the switch, about what skills you bring. So, I mean, all of those things still apply when you decide to apply to a corporate job. You're going to want to make sure your resume is spot on, makes sense. LinkedIn, all of those things still apply. And I will say that some corporations just won't know what to do with you because they're going to say, well, you know, maybe this person is not going to know how to function in our culture. Maybe this person isn't going to really understand how things work in a, in a hierarchical situation and things of that nature. But I suspect that over the next 20 years, that's going to shift dramatically. So we're going to be talking about a completely different market at that point in time. And I also believe that if you are skilled in the job search, which is all about what we're talking about here on Career Talk, that you can take pretty much any experience that you have and shape it to meet your audience's needs. Terry, what are your thoughts for Courtney? Yes, I want to add one thing, bring in a completely different element here. We're boxing the world into two boxes right now, entrepreneurs and corporate. But there's this big middle ground where I am guessing, Courtney, you could find a lot of work, and that's other small businesses. So you, as Dawn said, you have the skill set as an entrepreneur. You have great go-getter. You can wear a lot of hats. And if anything ever happened to your business, you can go help somebody else build their business. So, yes, you're working for someone else. You're getting a paycheck. But that's not the same as walking into a Fortune 500 company and trying to convince them to hire you. And there are so many job opportunities in that middle space. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, um, Courtney, one of you, you, you talked about being in corporate as your greatest nightmare. I think for a lot of people um, who are in corporate and who are used to that structure, you know, getting getting laid off or let go and not knowing what to do is their greatest nightmare. So, I mean, I feel like for you, you are constantly having to reinvent yourself. You're constantly having to shift with the market. And you're already doing all those things naturally as an entrepreneur. So those things aren't going to seem so foreign to you. But I, I mean, I love Terry's suggestion, too, because... Because we don't know what the future holds, but I think the world of work overall is changing with the gig economy, with with um, you know more people doing contract type work, more people going the entrepreneurial route, more people kind of putting together portfolio careers. So I feel like um, you know there are a lot of things to worry about in this world, and I don't think that's one you need to worry about, Courtney. I think you're going to be successful no matter what you do. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, if it's noon Eastern time. On a Thursday, we are live taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. For more great advice, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com, or you can tweet a question at Dr. Don Graham. But we're going to go ahead and answer our pre-break quiz. So we were talking about every employer wants high-performing employers, and they spend millions of dollars trying to, to create a situation where employees are engaged. So... With all of the efforts to improve office environments, a new study shows that one group of employees enjoys more sleep, eat healthier, and get more physical exercise. What do all of these employees have in common, Dion? They're all millennials. They're all millennials. I thought you were going to change your answer. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else. (laughs) (laughs) That That is not the answer. Michelle. Thank you for finally giving yourself the X, Stephen. I had to find it. I had, to, I, had, I had the wrong fader of the last it, time. It takes him a little while to find it, so he doesn't get it till he gets to you, Michelle. That's right. That's right. Uh, but he has it when I say my wrong answer for some reason. Um, I am going to guess, not from experience or anything, um, they're single. They're single. <laughs> that is so interesting. Um I don't know. I would I would venture to, to say that could be the answer. It's not the answer, but uh, but I like thanks, it. Dion. I, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, Terry, we're coming to you. What do you think? I, I was going with Dion's answer about millennials. Yeah, I'll give you guys a hint. Um, actually, one of our earlier callers, Mary, um, was uh, was kind of going down that path a little bit. So if you remember Mary from Nebraska. 
you know, working, going to, to see her peeps. They work from home? Work yeah. Virtually. They're remote employees. They're Yay. remote employees apparently. Interesting. Get, I know. Get 45% more sleep, eat healthier by 42%, exercise by 35% more than their colleagues who work in an office. So they are reported as having 70, 77% greater productivity while working off-site. They're willing to work longer hours, and they're less likely to take time off when they are sick. So, Mary, you walk in there and strut your sub. Look at all this stuff you have to offer. <laughs> so, um, Terry, I want to ask a question that comes up a lot around uh, um, college job seekers. So, I think right now what we constantly hear is employers want to see some level of experience. So it's great you got your degree, but they want to know what did you do? How did you apply it? And a lot of students come to me and say, hey, I never I, I didn't do an internship. I know I should have, but I haven't. And now I'm graduating. So what, what can I do now? So you're asking a great question. And by the way, the real answer is Let's not have this conversation when we're your senior. Let's address this to freshmen, sophomores, and juniors in college. College campuses are incubators and laboratories for developing skill sets besides the classroom. So join a club, get involved, volunteer. If you're trying to get an internship, let's say, in a company in marketing, go volunteer to be the marketing rep at, at a local club or a club on campus that's trying to get you know, 500 people to come to an event and then put that on your resume. And by the way, if it's March senior year, it's not too late. You still have a couple of months to go do something on campus that can be transferable as a job skill. Mm-hmm. So I also get a lot of calls from people who are athletes, and they just don't have the time because their schedules are so intense and crazy. So they're, they're constantly traveling or, or practicing. And what, what would you do in that case if you're, you're not able to get an internship because you have an intense schedule as an athlete? Well, I will say that many employers have a, a fondness for hiring athletes. So you're actually at an advantage if you're an athlete. And many schools take that, that um, the employers who want to direct it at athletes and have special programs, events for athletes. So go, all you have to do is ask your coach, ask your athletic department, ask the career office. So that's, that's step one. Step two is if you know you're graduating and when in school all you did was go to class and do your sport, whatever that sport was, then go look for internships post-graduation through your career office or through job boards. There mm-hmm. are plenty of them. And take what you did on your team and, and describe that in job search terms. Teamwork, grid, working long hours, um, leading the team, etc. Start looking at what job postings are looking for, entry-level jobs. I'm not talking about experience-level jobs. And start marketing and selling yourself as a college athlete to those companies. You're going to get a lot of traction because companies really like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So if you are in school and about to graduate and looking for a job, want some advice, or maybe you're the parent of a soon-to-be college grad and want to find the best advice to give to your soon-to-be graduating student, we are here all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also tweet your questions at Dr. Don Graham. So, okay, so we talked about if I didn't if I didn't get experience and how do I get a job. So what about, we talked a little bit about this, what if you can't get a job in your major? So, you know, maybe you've been a, a, a journalism major or media or and you can't find a job specifically in that. I mean, um, where's the first place you should look? And I, I would say the first thing you should do is explore different industries that interest you. Um, so let's use the journalism major. Take a step back and say, I chose to study journalism, but in my free time, I like to cook. I'm a foodie. So start looking at food and beverage companies. Guess what? Many food and beverage companies have, have social media departments, marketing departments, investor relations. And if you start looking at job postings in those areas, you'll realize you can match what you studied in school with what you like to do and combine that to find something in the professional world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and maybe you can't get a job 
in media, but you can get a job as the the office assistant or the you know um, front desk person at a media company and move up, kind of like John was talking about with uh, with the person he knew who got the security job at at IBM and eventually became you know, third in line at a technology company. I mean, it's it's really about getting your foot in the door. I think that is the hardest part. But once your foot's in the door, now you have an opportunity to go in five days a week and show what you can do. Definitely. And look, some majors are very easy gateways to careers. Software development, um, accounting, business, nursing. And then there's the general liberal arts education, which is still such a valuable education, learning how to think, how to read, how to write, all of from English, history, et cetera. And there are so many companies that have programs that target liberal arts graduates. So don't be so hard on yourself because you feel like you studied something that expanded your mind and now you're trying to enter the world. A lot of companies are looking for people like you. Mm -hmm. So here's one that comes up with a lot of new grads. So, okay, I went to school, I graduated, but I, you know, kind of partied a little bit too much and my GPA is hideous. Now, later in life, you probably won't need to worry about GPA, but certainly when you're you're a new graduate, they're looking at all of the data you have and this can be a piece of it. So how do you explain this to a potential employer? So the first part is deciding what you're going to put on your resume. And every school has different advice. If it's over a 3.5, it's over a 3.0, put it on, leave it off. Let's say it's a terrible GPA and you're making the decision to leave it off. Um, first of all, many companies don't ask the question. Some do, some don't. The industries where a high GPA is important are not going to be the industries where you're going to get a job. But there are plenty of other industries where you can walk in and talk about your experience in college, um, whether you spend time as a college athlete and you weren't able to study. I mean, I wouldn't talk about how you partied your way through college, and that's why your grades are low. <laughs> but get your story together and, and talk about how you love the college experience, being able to volunteer off hours at a local hospital. And so you were focused on four different things in college. Find a story that resonates with you and that you can use to sell your sell to a potential employer. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit earlier in the show about um, kind of reaching out to your network and, and different ways. We talked about starting with your career center and then doing maybe some research online. One of the things I find is that, I mean, especially this time of year, I mean, you have thousands, tens of thousands of, of college students who are looking in the market. So it's super competitive. And we know this about online jobs anyway. I mean, online jobs are just flooded with resumes. And when you're at a you know new graduate level, I mean, pretty much your experience level is, is in a match for just about everybody out there. So how can you differentiate yourself um, when it comes to this, and I and I'm, I guess I'm moving towards the networking option because I feel like that's going to be the best way, Terry, to to really stand out and get the jobs and land the jobs. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. Part one is find a job online and apply for it. Part two is, and, and you're only halfway done when you've when you've when you've completed part one. Part two is find somebody to introduce you in. Everybody has a network. It doesn't have to be someone you personally know. Once you've applied, go look in your LinkedIn, look in your school's alumni directory, Google the company, Google IBM College Recruiter, find the name of somebody and email them directly. So if that person gets 100 resumes from college seniors and one person actually emails them directly, who do you think they're going to choose to interview? See, and I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm really a firm believer in you have to stand out because if you don't stand out, you're one of, you know, a thousand resumes. And although you may be a great hire to find you, that needle in the, the haystack, so to say, is going to be really difficult. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, but it says don't call, don't reach out. I don't want to, you know, tick people off. But I'm, I am of the mindset of that you have, Terry, which is, if you don't disrupt the process, if you don't find a way to stand out diplomatically, you're never going to get called. And I disagree. I find that it usually doesn't say don't call. Well, obviously, you shouldn't call. It doesn't say don't email. We've already if established anything, that. No calls. It's calls about. <laughs> but if anything, recruiters put themselves on LinkedIn. Their job is to find the terrific candidates. 
So they are online for a reason. Very often if you see a job posting on LinkedIn, it'll show you the name of the recruiter. Mm-hmm. That yeah. person is there for a reason. Reach out to, to that person directly. Yep. Or as you were talking about, we we're talking about networking. Find somebody who you know, whether it's somebody in your alma mater, somebody who's a friend of a friend, uh, maybe one of your parents or sisters, brothers, whatever, and find somebody in that company who can be your advocate for that job. Definitely. And don't discount junior people, too, because if you can connect with someone who graduated last year and is working at that company, very often that person is encouraged to go find the next year's terrific graduates. Mm-hmm. So you're not just bo- you're not bothering them. You're actually helping them. Yep, because a lot of companies have employee referral programs. <laughs> Absolutely. And some companies even pay bonuses for that. And who wouldn't want a bonus? You may be helping somebody get a bonus by knocking on their door. So, okay, so we talked about um, using LinkedIn as a tool, getting to the recruiter, applying for jobs online. Something else that I think, and we've alluded to this, but I really want to point out, Terry, second-level contacts. And second-level contacts are those people that, you know, your parents know, maybe your, your, you know, neighbors, maybe your siblings, maybe friends in your classes. Because here's the thing, if your friends had a job or your parents had a job, they would give it to you, but they don't. But a lot of times, if you're very clear about what you're looking for, they know somebody who may be hiring or they can be out there being your ambassador, talking to people and listening for information to bring back to you because we know a lot of jobs are never posted. Definitely. So tap into your second degree network. Keep yourself organized with it. Like, like try to figure out if here are my 20 target companies who are potential people who can introduce me in and what have I said to them? And then the third piece here is get your elevator pitch ready that you are prepared to say wherever you go. So you might be in a place that's out of context for job search, but you're introduced to someone whose friend works at a company that you're interested in. So be ready to talk about it, even if it's at a cocktail party or even if you're at a football game. Yeah, especially if you're there, because if you're at the neighborhood barbecue or if you're at, you know, a holiday party or or something like that, I mean, that's where a lot of these opportunities come to light. I mean, talk about what you're looking for. I mean, that's you just never know who people know. And college students don't think that way. If If somebody says to you, hey, what's going on? Your response may be, I'm graduating soon. Isn't that exciting? Instead, say, I'm graduating soon. I'm looking for a position um, in a financial services firm. You know, I'd love to hear if you know anybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's casual, especially if you're doing it at a party or a picnic. No, um, very briefly as we wrap up, Terry, what about social media? Aside from LinkedIn, which we've talked about, what are some of the other ways that um, graduating students can use social media? really quickly. Well, I still think LinkedIn is the the main social media to use. Um, As far as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, obviously you're on it all the time. I think it's more of of cleaning it up and having it not hurt you than right now using it to your advantage. Although social media such as Facebook is really getting into the the professional space. So stay tuned on that front. Yeah. And if you see somebody, maybe somebody posts on Facebook, hey, just got a great job with this company, excited to start. I mean, be looking for information like that because that, you know, hey, you could reconnect with a friend on Facebook. Hey, how's that job going? How Do you like the company? That's a company I'm kind of interested in. I mean, so just paying attention to what's out there and then taking it to the next level of thinking, is this information that I can use to progress my job search? So, Terry, the hour goes by so incredibly fast. Thank you so much for being on the show again. We love having you. Terry, how can people reach you? I can be reached online, our website, both of our companies, jobtrex.com, J-O-B-T-R-E-K-S.com, for a software to help you organize your job search, or wileandween.com, W-E-I-L-A-N-D-W-E-I-N.com, for career coaching. Terry, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you for all the great advice. Michelle and Dion, you make this hour so much fun and actually really great for the listeners, too. They're the ones doing all the heavy lifting back there, by the way. And, of course, to all of our listeners, we are here for you live every Thursday at noon Eastern time with several replays throughout the week. So if you want more great advice, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or at my blog, DawnOnCareers.com. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111, and we will see you next time. <laughs>